brain. Nope, I put a slide for that. Nope. That was oh. awkward. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So Marco sung us in for this episode of Pals Pulls. Welcome to the show. Thank you guys for joining. The four of us. Tyler. Uh, hello. It is me, Kale. Tyler. What's up, hot dog? Marco. <laughs> Yellow. <laughs> and uh, me, Sean, are going to be reviewing four slash five of this week's biggest releases. So slash six. Slash six. What's the six? We count a comic you did, uh, Well, oh, it's seven then. Because you did uh, Powerbomb one, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I won't, like, bog the episode down with the long review. Sure. I'll, I'll you know, give really brief that. thoughts. Yeah. Um, but we're talking not just do a powerbomb number two, as Kale alluded to, but AXC Judgment Day number one, Marvel's big summer event. Sean, can I see that cover real quick? Let me, yeah, let me listen, uh, I didn't buy this because I wanted it. Oh. Uh, yeah, Midtown. You, got, you got Midtown again. I needed that uh. Mark Brooks. I yeah, needed I that Mark Brooks. I'm bummed. I'm Legit. Again. A Mark Brooks A cover, which is that? Isn't he like usually like the variant guy? Not lately. Uh, I feel like he's main event guy. He was main event guy for all the X-Men events. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, still yeah. is. He still is, yes. Uh, Dark Space is Wildfire. This is, uh, I think, the very first. Is it the very first IDW we're doing? Mm, it can't be. Yeah, we, mm, I'm no. sure we've done like a. a it's probably been like a, a tag before. No, I don't think no, we have. Turtles. No? A transformer. No, definitely oh, not. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. Robots. I love robots. Whoa. What about robots that don't let you know the robots because they're in disguise? Robots in disguise. Nice. Dude, I I think the transformers are cool as hell. That Pirate first uh, Michael Bay movie was phenomenal. Um, well, maybe you don't actually like Transformers then. <laughs> no, I used to love Beast Wars. I used to watch oh, it every day. Yeah, you're, you're about to get gate kept. <laughs> Beast Wars is not cool. I I know no, I, I love, love Beast Wars. Wars. Yeah. Rat oh, trap. Okay. Wars. Yeah. Jesus yeah. Christ! You guys were no selling me crazy right there. <laughs> wow. Speaking of no selling, we're going to be talking about Dual Power Bomb number two. Uh. Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings, number one. And uh, I'll be talking. I don't know if anybody else read it, but I'll be talking about uh, Blink, number one. And this has to be the first only press book we're doing, right? Has Possibly last. <laughs> <laughs> ah, if uh, trajectory is, is, is going that way. But. Maybe. Uh, before we get to that, though, I do want to let you guys know where you can find us all over the place and let you know about a celebration that is coming up. Because if you're listening to this on release or you're watching us live, Saturday, this next Saturday, is our 300th episode. So the main show will be celebrating its 300th episode live on Twitch, twitch.tv slash thecomicspals at 10.15 a.m. Eastern. And we would love for you guys to join us. We're going to be playing a live version of Journey into History. We're going to be uh, receiving your messages, video messages, audio messages, written messages in celebration with us for our 300th. So we'd love for you guys to come hang out. And uh, if you want to celebrate, but you're, you're, you're coming in after, right? There's a great way you can do that. 
you can celebrate by giving us the gift of a subscription on patreon.com slash the comic spouse for as little as three dollars a month you can be a patron of ours help us out get some pretty cool content like our newsletter um if you want to shout out on the main show you can get that too through us on patreon you can also subscribe on youtube if you haven't like the video share it with your friends all that's free to do and helps out a lot more than it costs you Join our Discord server where uh, we're always having a great time. Uh, if I'm not getting razzed for not liking manga, uh, then I'm getting yelled at for not knowing who Wildcat is. So it's a great time. <laughs> Soon enough. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's get into the reviews though. We'll start with AXE Judgment Day number one. Go right ahead. off the bat, why do we have to call it AXE Judgment Day? Like. I know that's the title. I know you're just saying the title. But, like, I don't know. It just sm- it just smells like body spray. Like, I just can't get that out of my head. Dude, I want to call it Marvel's AXE Judgment Day. That's what I want to do. Because it's so, it's so annoying. It's, it's so annoying it, that it has yeah. such a long name that I just want to make it longer. <laughs> and, like, it says Avengers X-Men Eternals Judgment Day. I should call it the bottom. Yeah, like uh, you should call it Marvel's AXC Avengers X Men Eternals Judgment Day. (laughs) And then just put the whole creative team in there too. Yeah, and then and then just say the UPC number and the barcode. (laughs) Speaking of the creative team, we have Kieran Gillen, uh, given main event status, writing Marvel's uh, major event of the year. Hmm. Valerio Skeety, not new to that position, he's. Uh, he worked on the, um, correct me if I'm wrong, he, he worked on, what was that space event Marvel had with the Fantastic Four last year? Al Ewing did it. Oh, uh, Al Ewing, Empire? but uh, on art, I'm referring Empire. to. Yeah, 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 Empire, yeah, 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 yeah. It was Empire, yep. Who was the artist? I think, I think uh, it was I more than was, one. I believe it was Sheedy was one of them, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, Mark DeGracia, also no stranger to the main event, of course. Um, and Clayton Cowles uh, goes to every event, so <laughs> it's true. I was I, for me the first page of this book was the most important page. If I open the first page of this comic book, it was like a groundhog. If I open the first page of this book and I see a blue text box that says "Hello, I am the world." I immediately need to close the comic book. But if I don't, then I'm probably going to really enjoy the comic book. And I don't know who the fuck was talking in the not blue, but uh, pinkish text box. The red red ones. Yeah. But it wasn't the world. It wasn't Earth. And so I really enjoyed this comic. Simple man. It doesn't pop up again, though. Like, we don't actually find out who it is that's talking, right? Not yet. No. No. <laughs> but I don't think it was Earth, and for that, I am grateful. For me, it sounded like, you know, does my spoiler alert thing work? So, oh, yeah, it does. Okay, good. Um, spoiler, um, I think it's whatever god they make. Whatever yeah. uh, celestial uh, that they've, yeah. they've made. Yeah, that's what I think. That's that's talking in call. the past. That's what it sounds like. Great um, call. Yeah. I, I enjoyed this. Um, so for, uh, I guess, transparency's sake, I read uh, the prequel 
issue, the one you read last week, Hellfire Gala, and this in one shot, like Damn. all together. Um, it's, it's daunting. Why? Because <laughs> I wanted to know. I didn't. I didn't want to feel lost. You know. Um, Trust me. And it, fine. I don't think I would have been honestly. In, in fact, I think the Hellfire Gala had more to do with some of the stuff in here. Uh, with like the, the actually no, it's just Moira showing up to Druig. Right. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, I enjoyed it. I think there is a skill here that Gillen is somehow weaving in major plot points for uh, X Men and Eternals, which he writes both of them, so that makes sense. But even yeah. some of the stuff that um, Hickman, I mean, um, Aaron's been doing in Avengers, yeah. um, like with the Phoenix and the that previous Avengers Eternals crossover that we had, um, mm. like in November or something like that. Um, there's a <laughs> sorry man. The chat says Tyler Rock in the MCU Ned cosplay. Hey, I'm, I'm the man in the chair. Since we went um, to the chat, can I also uh, first of all say hello to everybody who's watching right now? CW Gordon, what's up, Catherine? Hey, how you doing? Um, thank you guys for watching, Matt. You're making fun of me saying his name, Skeety, right? But in the back of the Shang Chi book this week. There's an interview with him. Well, it's a list of like, you know, where he's born, facts about him. And in the facts about him, it says how you pronounce his name. And it's literally S-K-I-T-E-E. So it's Skeety. So sit the fuck down. Thank you. I think I don't think he was making fun of your pronunciation. I think he just likes the word skeet and it's funny. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. You got to go one step lower than where you went, Sean. My man just wanted the excuse to type skeet. Yeah, that's exactly hey. why. <laughs> yeah, so see, there we go. He just wrote skeet skeet in the chat. So. <laughs> All right. Oh, it's so also, it's also his birthday. We can't rise him too. Oh my long. god, that's right, Matt. Happy yes, birthday, can. dude. Yes, he can. He's one step closer can. to death. Yeah, that's that's our that relationship point. with Matt at this point. Yeah, fair enough. Everybody, okay. say happy birthday to Matt. And Tyler, do you want to do you want to sing? Uh, hell no, no. I saw, oh, no. I saw him yesterday. Oh, yeah. all right. I got him a, a nice uh, big big, uh, big booby anime girl action figure to uh, make his life even worse than it is. Um, but he refused to, to have me take it out of the bag in public. Um, <laughs> Coward. Yep, so what I gave him for his birthday was shame. That's what he gets. I don't here, feel like he has that. Yeah, oh, oh you'd be surprised. <laughs> all right. Well, um, I was surprised by how much I enjoyed this. There's a lot um, going on here. Yeah. So first of all, the art was immediately like, okay, nice. This this feels event level. I had I had forgotten who was doing the art for this book, um, but I was happy to see someone who, you know, we know is capable of delivering here. Um, and I was I was pleased to see how he how he was drawing Cersei. Cersei looked great. Um, even uh, Echo as the Phoenix, you know, that that was an awesome page. Um, the coloring just it's so good to see Marta Gracia uh, yeah. on colors. It's beautiful. Always. Have we seen him with Skeety before? Yeah, I want to yeah. say so. Yes, huh. it felt a little different here, like in a, a good different. Yeah, I mean, Skeety is like he's like a, a Pepe Larraz student. In a way, 
Like he, his art style echoes Laraz a lot for me. And so mm. Gracia is a great pairing for him because he's a great pairing for Laraz. Yeah. So they go really well together. And some of these pages are just beautifully colored. Like I'm, I'm holding up a page right now. There's nothing to stand out about it. It's just a conversation between Iron Man and Cersei. But if you look at how it's colored, like look at the blues on Iron Man and Cersei there and mm-hmm. how nice they are and how they pop. Like all the colors just pop so beautifully. And they add like a shine, like you could like mm-hmm. there's a, a a light source that you can reference. You know, like it looks like there's there's light on them. Um it's just so beautiful. Like look at this one, this close on Iron Man there. I don't know if you can see it too well, but that's just such mm-hmm. a nice panel. Um, it's a really pretty book. I think um, from the like pivoting a little bit, but the, the on the story front, I think compared to the first issue that we read, this was paced a lot better because I remember feeling that it. I didn't feel like I got a lot of exposition about the story. I felt mm-hmm. like I didn't get actual information, and then this actually gives you like, okay, this is the plan. This is why the Avengers are jumping in in between the Eternals and the X Men. There's actual, there's an actual reason, versus what I feel like the consensus was last week, where we just had to guess as to why things were happening and kind of use context clues around it. This was very plain. We this was very plainly stated, and it was done so in an engaging way. So I I think Gillen does a really good job just telling us what we need to care about and what we need to focus about. And then showing us through the art, like the repercussions of the the individual battles and like where different sides are in terms of information, because this new era of the X-Men has been about who has different pieces of information related to the X-Men, their uh, ability to live longer than they can and the ability to clone. Yeah, I, um, I guess the the like the reason for this happening it still feels r- really weak to me mm. and it's probably the only major criticism i have of this book is that druig is doing this because he just wants something to hang his hat on he wants a legacy and you know whatever and that's fine i guess but for a motivation for a, a comic of this magnitude to just be that doesn't feel like it's not really that interesting. Um, and I guess this is a war between the Eternals and the Avengers and X-Men, but it's not a war between the Eternals we care about and the Avengers and yeah. X-Men, That's a good which point. makes it feel hollow a little bit. I, I would even say it in the book like, oh, these aren't the actual like antagonists these aren't the eternals that are antagonists and those are the ones that we've been following in the actual book with uh ribich and gillen so we're getting these offshoots who are they are participants in the story but to your point like i'm not i'm here to bat uh for the individual characters that we've already been hanging out with not these guys that are just kind of coming in and have an issue with the way that things are currently set up I I understood Druig's reasoning for this not because he wants to do it just because he needs to like push like push legislation now that he's in office you know that, not that sort of thing but yeah. because the realization that mutants are deviant was something he learned and then 
his wiring was like, oh, well, it's a deviant. I have to destroy them. And like, that's the whole thing with all of the Eternals. So like, even the Eternals that don't want to do it, it's still their designation. So they're probably going to get roped in anyway. But like, they can't fight their, they can't fight their um, prime directive, I guess. Yeah. yeah. But it, it felt like since he had to make a case, it felt as if he was the one kind of like fanning the flame for that. Like he was he was the one finding the issue. He was he was looking for the problem, and he's like, "Hey, shouldn't we all feel this way?" And the I guess the whatever the board is like, "Yeah, all thumbs up. You're right. We should be thinking about it this way," because I I don't know that they have had that issue previously. Um, and in the book, I know while they in in Eternals, while they find out that like the mutants are born of the the deviants like through whatever genetic uh making they're technically a little bit closer to humans so like they've never had the issue until druig's like actually let's implement this now but didn't druig try to drop a bomb on them (laughs) in last week's comic yeah yeah like before he even spoke to anybody or whatever like he just did this try to do it I feel like his motivation is less interesting because he's just that. Like he's because he's a bad guy, it makes it feel lame. If it was Icarus leading this you know movement and he didn't want to do it, he regretted it, he hated himself for it, but this is what he has to do and they all felt that way, that would be more interesting than Druig who's already bad saying, "Yeah, let's do a bad" Or even the last guy that was king of the Eternals or whatever, who was, you know, sort of... Thanos? The, the Well, <laughs> okay, the guy before him, okay. <laughs> you know, who, who was like, you know, good king Eternal or whatever, you know, good righteous ruler or whatever. He's on the cover, too, which is interesting. On this cover? On the Mark Brooks cover. He's above... Uh, oh, yeah, he is. Um yeah like you know someone who has like an amount of pathos and isn't just oh well i'm crafty and sneaky i don't know like i feel like if it were like the reluctant heroes doing something they didn't want to do like then that's just i don't know i was gonna say that that's just every event you know that's every it's in humans versus x-men it's any it's avengers versus x-men it's the same thing um making this more of a classic like villain character gets rid of that like boring uh we have to fight each other and then band together sort of thing you know you can skip that phase of the of the plot and just go right to band together and figure out the solution i don't know because it would like remove that agency from them um i don't think it's that i just think like like every blank versus blank book is there's a misunderstanding we fight oh whoops we fucked something up we have to now fix it together um and this without it being like oh it's icarus leading the avengers or leading the eternals versus the x-men instead it's just like no no no, there's a really fucked up eternal who's gathering all the other like 101 d-list eternals we don't know about um 
and uh, they are the villains. Um, it's a little more simpler, and I think it works because there's a lot going on here. Um, and I think making that part simple allows this to be a coherent story, if that makes sense. C.W. Gordon said, an event without heroes versus heroes? Not very Marvel I know, of you. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there, if, if you think there's not going to be heroes versus heroes in this event, you're bugging. No, like, yeah, th- I think it's going to happen. Yeah, I just I don't think it needs to be the driving force for it. It's yeah. the reason we're here. <laughs> like, I don't understand. And like this is that's what the, like why would they even put them on the like that's that's what it is you know I I just I don't know um, we'll see how it plays out I I just feel like you know I care about Druig probably less than every other Eternals character so hopefully there's a little bit more you know investment from that angle so I don't hear voices in my head for characters. Do you hear um, an Irish druid in your head from the Eternals movie? No. Kale hasn't seen it. It's weird. I hear him as Irish in my head. Yeah, I can't hear characters like that. I don't care enough. Um, (laughs) There's a lot of talky stuff in this book, which is fine. But then uh, maybe about halfway through, uh, you know, there's just a tremendous amount of action, um, which is all really great. Uh, The Avengers, or rather the X-Men, get decimated by the Eternals um, yeah. pretty swiftly. Felt so, almost too easy. Well, I was going to say so swiftly, I'm not even 100% sure what happened. <laughs> uh, all, uh, most of Iraqi is destroyed, it looks like, okay. including Magneto, okay, that, who that's admitted, what yeah, Magneto admitted he would not be resurrecting again in X-Men Red at one point. Um, so maybe oh. that is a wrinkle there. Um. Yeah, what happens to the X Men Red Book? <laughs> it's like, oh, this is, this is did did Uranus also destroy that uh, publishing line as well? It's still coming out. Yeah. I know, but like, it just seems like a weird like. This is like, oh, like she gets fucked up and yeah, and like not your reflect. book, you know? But your whole yeah. book is on Mars, and Mars doesn't ex- like exist anymore. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. The the action sequences were, I think, really well done. There's a lot of dynamic kind of just images the the big brain that descends on top of the tree Uh, and then they're like they're they're like fighting uh all the psychic like all the all the psychics are are fighting and i like how they call out um magnificent uh if you have the eyes to see it right because there's like it it always made me imagine there's like just a, a group of mutants kind of focusing their heads and they're just standing there but like Outside of that, there's just this huge explosions and clash of shit that's going on that I thought was really, really cool as a concept. And Uranus going to Mars to fuck shit up. I'm there. That's fu- That was wild, especially the one page where he's just counting down the last 10 seconds and it gives you the, the big bottom panel where all of it's flattened. I thought that was very well done and, and very well drawn and colored. Yeah, and you could really feel the sense of scale of this assault um, in the sense that it's taking place on multiple fronts and you're seeing characters that you care about straight up die. Mm -hmm. Like Cable. Cable dies, comes back, and all he can think to do is just yell, what happened? Like, what the fuck just happened? Like, they don't even know what just happened. You know, the X-Men got got on two planets. 
Cable's been jobbing out the past year. Yeah, Cable's a jobber. Yeah, Yo, he's, just, <laughs> he's died like six times this past year. <laughs> and I get and, and I get it right. Like at mutant deaths don't necessarily mean as much anymore. But if you care about the character, you know that they dying sucks. No matter how many times you can come back from it, like, it sucks. And it still, I don't know, it still gets me when they die. Man, all, all this happened so fast, I didn't even register that they died <laughs> until they were coming out of the egg. I genuinely was like, what the fuck is going on? Because for one second, I'm trying to figure out who the hell Moira is talking to. Didn't recognize that guy. And then all of a sudden, there's psychic war- the psychic warfare that Marco's talking about. I'm trying to wrap my head around that. And then everything else happens and now they're crawling out of eggs who's hope's dad i thought it was cyclops where's cyclops i don't know <laughs> I, did, I miss all of this to be fair a lot of it happens off panel like cable dying uh all of mars imploding so and that's Druig that she's talking to right just like yes. yeah. yeah yeah, yeah. Okay, it's revealed yeah. Uh, revealed later yeah but, ju- but like, it just it, suit. it just it all happens so fast and like you said off panel and like uh, there was so much dialogue i just i get that it happened fast but like i i could have used like a second to figure out what the hell was going on i actually kind of like your confusion because you feel like what the characters feel like yeah i'm sure yeah yeah also kale you do know that cyclops is not uh hope's dad right no i had no idea i thought that was hope's dad is just like some white dude like, her parents are anonymous yeah. people yeah oh i didn't know that yeah she's got red hair i thought she was a gene and cyclops kid trust and believe that when they revealed her at the at the beginning that's what every single person thought yeah um yeah uranus is a badass he's cool man yeah that i he's don't a, even know what he did you, you know a, but it was crazy he's a good devil yeah. what, if, <laughs> what if we just find out he just like rips ass and like that's how he kills people like we don't know his power set right now like it could be something wild like that but he's just another dark side thanos clone but like those things are fucking cool like it's a it's a trope and i kind of like it it's 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 cool to see like that taken to the next level and then acted on yeah yeah true yep i have something i want to call right now and very well may be wrong but I'm just going to throw it out there just to get it out. I feel like Apocalypse will come back during oh, this event. He, hmm. what, was the reason, what was the reason uh, he, he did it? They, he's did he lock, locked away. Back, right? He's locked away in uh, that other dimension, right? He went, he went. Didn't he go back to try to like lead those people? Yeah, yeah, yeah the he, other Iraqi. Yeah, he died the Iraqi in, that are still there. He died. Yeah. In, oh, that's right. That's right. Okay. You think? Mm-hmm. Somebody's got to fight yeah, Uranus. Yeah. There. That'd be kind. Of, oh, you know what? That'd be kind of hot. That'd you be don't cool. think it's just going to be the giant, uh, freaking celestial against Uranus? Instead? Yeah. It's got to be someone we care about. Yeah. And they need a reason for him to come back. Yeah, what's the whole thing? He's, he's been off the table for a while. Mm. Yeah. He's going to come back. He's like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> I leave for like 
a few months and Finally all brought this the shit milk goes... home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think this was my pick of the week. I think, but do a power bomb that might yeah. be my pick of the week. I'm I uh I'm waffling right now, so I'll hold that. I'll hold that. But definitely pull, you know, this is this is what's going on at Marvel right now. And the other factor is that it's actually good. A lot of times these events not so hot. This one's starting on a good foot. Um better than Dark Crisis, at least. Yeah. Um, so I feel this creative team is very, very competent. It's a great team. They can deliver. This is an event that I'm excited to continue to read. It is kind of wild that Gillen has not done an event yet. Not? Right? At least not a not a not a large scale one. No, no. He's done little maybe crossovers. I don't think he's done big event book. Yeah. Huh. Um, fear itself is fraction, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. No, I, I pull it. Pull it. I want to say pass. Um, not that I didn't enjoy it, but it didn't do a ton for me. Hmm. All right. Fair enough. Kale passing judgment on judgment day. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm interested in hearing Kale's judgment on dark spaces. Wildfire. Number one from, uh, IDW. It's, it's the first IDW original that's out. Is that right? Like that whole initiative that we talked about on the main show. That I want to say yeah. that that's the so, case. It makes yeah. sense to start with a Snyder book, yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, Scott Snyder wrote this with art by Hayden Sherman, colors by Rhonda Pattison, letters by Ann World Design. Um, this is a book about firefighters, but not just firefighters. We're talking about women who are uh, incarcerated, um, whose sentences vary from, you know, I'm getting out soon to I'm not getting out ever, uh, or at least not for a really long time. And one of the ways that they're able to, I guess, just, you know, be useful in life is this firefighter thing they get to do, um, where they get, they get to be reserves for major fires in California. And that's the basic premise um, and it's kind of showing us, you know, what it's like for them. A lot of buildup is a very talky. I mean, if you've ever read a Scott Snyder, number one, like that's what it is. This is quintessential. They are very talky. Um, and, you know, they want to do a robbery. Um, and that's kind of the, the hook of it. You know, you, this could have easily just been a story about a few women who are, incarcerated people that are firefighters and that would have been interesting but eh all right you know whatever but then when you throw in oh let, they, let's do a robbery you know um now it's got the reason why this is being published that's your image hook right so mm. what what did you guys make of this who my book week oh okay oh huh. i enjoyed this yeah shot I, I enjoyed it too um I think it um, really, my enjoyment from it is really from the Hayden Sherman uh, art, but even more so the coloring. Um, this is a, a wildly colored book. Yeah. Um, it's got, it feels It feels like an old style. Yeah. It feels like 
with the the way the purples mm-hmm. uh, and the blues work together, uh, and then the 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 washes on each character. You know, when we're introduced to the the other the, the firefighter women, uh, you know, they're sort of washed in yellow and purples and blues. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it feels like an old coloring style. It's like old, like early strange almost like dr strange is what i'm thinking of like like it's psychedelic ditko almost yeah yeah even even you know 90s vertigo hmm. yeah. um but like specifically the coloring is used to kind of tell you who's who which is really nice helpful. to see yeah it's helpful because they're all wearing the same uniform there are little yeah. bits like oh this one has their goggles up this one has a handkerchief around their their neck there are little identifiers here and there but it's a coloring it really does and I thought that was really well done um, uh, this issue kind of really sticks with explaining who everyone is and then giving us the hook fine first issue but really what jumped out to me was the art yep same um, I, th- I think the he has like a, a style between kind of like an Ian Bertram and a mm. Simon Gain with like the cartooniness, but there's like still this, like a lot of detail to it, which I really appreciated. Like the dots, the, the way that he uses just like lines for different shadowing to like uh, look at different people's faces when someone has a hat on instead of it just being like a black or like some kind of fade. There's just the the volume and density of these streaks allow you to provide that depth. Um, and I had fun with the story, yeah. Like uh, to what you said, Sean, it would it would have been enough for this to just be that firefighter story. But now that they have a heist to go after, I'm like, oh, cool. I'm I'm invested now because I I care about you know the future for these characters. I I, I want to know if it's successful. They can change. They could probably change their lives. It'll be it probably won't because like the reality of it likely be tragic, but. That potential there, it, it it hooked me as a as a premise, and uh, the art just sold me on the book. Yeah, um, I I thought this was really good. Um, you know, again, like I know what to expect from a Scott Snyder number one. There's going to be a lot of talking. There's going to be some kind of a mythology. Like, dude will take. He took firefighting and made like a whole mythology out of it it's like bro we all get it you know we know what it is um but uh you know that's his way and he adds touches that connect you to the characters immediately like the smoking and you know um some of the visual cues with them like the things that they wear um you know all that stuff is great the art is great i don't need to talk about it you guys really nailed it down how how good um, the Sherman art is, um, and the hook, the or rather the um, the way the issue ends, where it tells it. Well, I don't even want to say it. I, I think people should go buy this. Um, the way it ends, I really hope that that's not actually true. Yeah. Um, mm. Like I want there to be some kind of a twist on that. Because otherwise, I would have preferred not to know that. You would rather have, have seen that play yeah. out. Yeah. I have two questions, actually. 
Um, is this a somewhat of an anthology? It's Dark Spaces colon Wildfire. Is this going to be a whole bunch of Dark Spaces stuff that Scott Snyder does in smaller chunks? Um, they almost have different logos, too, on the cover. Um, and also, is there a super... I don't know if I'm just conditioned to this because of Image Comics and how it's always, you know, one genre smashed with another genre. But is there a tinge of Supernatural that's coming? I didn't read that. I didn't, yeah, I didn't read that. I, I'm probably reading into it in a way I shouldn't. Um, but I think I'm just conditioned to think like, oh, it's not a, it can't be yeah. a straightforward heist book. How dare they? <laughs> what, what was the thing, like the indicator that made you feel like that? Just tone. Like that's all it was. I don't think there's anything in the text that did it for me. Matt said it's got big Marvel remembers 9-11 vibes. Um, the cover. I never, the cover I never does, read yeah. that. Oh, the cover? Okay. I mean, I never if, read you, if you just no. if you just split that red line in the middle, yeah, that's I gotta read that one. <laughs> Doctor Doom oh. literally cries in that book. Yeah. I've I've seen that panel. Yeah. I don't know. I I one day we gotta talk about that on the main show. Book club on 9-11. <laughs> <laughs> that's a comic tag hey, right there. We could read the 9-11 comics. There are I'm I mean good. there are several. Alright. I'm good. Uh it's in it's in the ama- Straczynski's Amazing Spider Man volume two. Uh, Your wheelhouse. <laughs> Uh, Sam taps. What is up, Sam? How, how's it going, dude? We had a crazy Who night last night. Who you tapping? Sean that sounds ass. like um, uh, Yeah, pull this. This was excellent. This was really, really great. I think if you're going to give a, 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 a chance to a book, because yeah, Scott Snyder's name is on it, but I don't think that you know a book about firefighting from IDW by Scott Snyder is like an instant hit. So I, I think this would be a good one to pick up if you're curious. Yeah, for sure. Good support. Good this, sign this. for the for the start of this line too. Yeah. Yep. Totally. Especially if you want to see more of this kind of stuff from a publisher like IDW, which I think has been doing real good stuff. Go for it. Yeah. And the uh, the note from uh, Mark Doyle at the end of mm-hmm. this book uh, also says a lot about um what's coming i think the the uh the pedigree of talent and and the way that they believe in them uh so i don't know yeah mark doyle's cool. a reliable source too so yeah the guy knows his shit although kelly didn't like scaring hood which was an idw book so oh okay never mind i forget what i just said <laughs> Watch out, Marco. Kale might try to do a power bomb on you. Oh. Once I figure out what it is, man, you're toast. <laughs> what about Tope Suicida? Want to do one of those? Yeah. Ushiguroshi? Fig- if Sounds I figure out spicy. how to... Muscle Buster. Okay. Do the I'll... two-handled family credenza. I did that to... my. I mean... <laughs> 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 oh, boy. All right. So we're, I'm up, trying we're, to... we're gonna be... Sean, I'm trying to look up uh, Zack Sabre Jr.'s finisher name. Oh, uh, um, I don't remember. Oh, We're going to be talking about wild. Dua Powerbomb number two by uh, Daniel Warren Johnson, Man. who wrote it, drew it, created it. Mike Spicer on colors, Russ Wooten on letters. Great creative team. Now, I missed the review of Dua Powerbomb number one, read it in preparation for this. Um, it's excellent. It's so, so good. Uh, just a phenomenal comic book. It. Kind of, um, it kind of, uh, 
it zigged when I thought it would zag, I guess. Like, I didn't see the twist coming at all. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, obviously, we're, we're going to be full spoilers. You know, the main character who's on the cover, or at least you think is, is the character on the cover. I guess it's actually not. Um, but, like, you know, she dies. And that, that threw me off. You know, like really crazy, um, and the 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 comic book feels like it's written by someone who not only understands wrestling from a standpoint of what happens inside the ring, but also what happens outside the ring, and who respects wrestling and understands how to. And this is this is the critical thing with this comic book: understands how to show wrestling in an interesting way, because. When you're watching a wrestling match, you have the full scope of 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 movement, right, uh, to work with. So when you see a match, it's all seamless movement. But to do that in a comic book means you have to figure out the most interesting moment of a move, the way to make someone understand what move is about to happen without being able to just show them every second and make that look good. And that's what daniel warren johnson was able to do here so effortlessly um and somehow i think issue two might be better it it does the the daniel warren johnson other shoe drops in this issue right it's like oh where's the heart because there's going to be heart somewhere in a daniel warren johnson book Hmm. and then it's like oh shit it's right there in our face the whole time yeah i think i yeah i think what this issue does is it takes you know it builds on the first issue and then takes the the next step to to tell us where we're gonna go and what the big deal is and then what's really successful about it is it really slaps down that extra twist yeah um and man just nails it just nails it i'm still thinking about it is yeah, this that, my pull pull of the week? You yeah, might have convinced I think it me. Is. You might have convinced yeah, me. Yeah, I, th- I think mine. it's mine. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely mine. Yeah, especially because like the, this uh, Cobra Sun is the the character's name, right? Uh, in this, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. The yeah. guy you see on the cover with the the teal yeah. Uh, yeah. luchador mask. Um, that's Kenny Omega, right, Sean? Like he's he's from like, I mean, it, it's like you know western guy doing japanese wrestling body type is sort of there yeah i was thinking kenny omega um he's from calgary alberta canada i mean that's chris i think from a physical standpoint certainly yeah some of the other stuff i wasn't thinking about but from a physical standpoint yeah absolutely but there are are Um, tropes there that that are yeah signature of you know someone who understands wrestling yeah totally um this is just like I was just like happy reading this, you know, like Jesus, this is so good. Wrestling storytelling. I was thinking this while I was reading this. Wrestling storytelling is generally not great. Like if you compare it to other forms of storytelling, I would say wrestling to wrestling storytelling is generally not great. Uh, go ahead. I would say generally I agree. Yeah, generally I agree. Yeah. I, I think, think you're going to say what it I has. Say. It, ha- it has tremendous heights. Obviously, yes. it has extreme lows, just like anything else. But I think that in the middle of that, wrestling storytelling is, is kind of 
very, very repetitive. And just Daniel Warren Johnson is a person who tells great stories for a living. Mm. Wrestlers only get to tell the great story with their body, right? Daniel Warren Johnson is the writer. He's he's doing the whole thing. Um, And so what I'm trying to get across is that this is a wrestling story that feels like just a great story. And I love that so much about it to the point where I kind of wish that the supernatural part of it wasn't there and that this could just be us watching this girl become a great wrestler in a real world sort of setting. You say that until the next issue and we see this is Mortal Kombat wrestling and it's the coolest shit in the world. (laughs) I'm sure that will be cool, but like I I really would have liked it if. I'd like to read that story that I'm describing more without knowing where this is going to go. Yeah. We, we had yeah. shades of the wrestler in this too, the Mickey Rourke movie. Yeah. You know, like what yeah. washed up guy who, you know, he was the top of the world really in Japanese pro wrestling. And now he's taking light tubes to the back and getting, and getting stabbed, stabbed in the chest with, with, a fork. with a fork. Yeah. And also like somebody hitting, getting hit with a light tube is not something I thought I would see in a comic book. Like that is like legitimately like it's, some would argue a lesser form of wrestling. I don't think I, I would. I would say it's a different form of wrestling. Um, but it's viewed as that in this. You know, it's like this lesser form that this guy, uh, he can do more. He can do the, you know, the highs of wrestling storytelling, like like the Kenny Omega, uh, uh, Kota Ibushi stuff. But instead is doing this backyard wrestling trash that, you know, uh, a bingo hall is watching. You know, he's washed up. Uh, yeah. So we're kind of getting his his comeback story in this as well. Yeah, I was going to ask about that, like, because it, it felt like the way she said that there was like a stigma to it, and people would look down. So I, I wasn't, I, I I didn't get that. The way she said what? The the way she said like oh you, you like you shouldn't more. be doing this right you should be doing this but I'm like but he's still wrestling so I don't understand because he's doing garbage wrestling. Tyler was being coy about it i won't this is considered, <laughs> well i don't think it's garbage i just think it's a different type of wrestling personally. i'm saying but i'm saying that i'm i'm not saying that that's what i think it is i'm saying that's what it would be described as sure yeah it would be described as garbage wrestling this is the kind of thing that you would see if you went to a wrestling show for ten dollars in a backyard or a barn house or you know a church after 10 on a saturday yep. night i've been to those mm-hmm. yep uh, this is where people get really hurt. This is where you would see stuff like someone getting hit with a light tube, which is insanely dangerous. Or to a lesser degree, you would see someone getting stabbed with a fork. That probably won't happen, to a lesser but it could degree. happen. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm so glad that uh, Daniel presented this side of wrestling uh, because it does exist. And this is what I yeah. would consider to be you know, the more the darker side of wrestling where people are taking you're always taking a risk, but where people are taking those risks needlessly. Mm, okay. it, it's I think it's maybe general public considered lowest common denominator when it comes to wrestling. Uh, it's the people who aren't really in shape. Uh, it's just violence for violence sake. Is you it know? like is it like um, whereas like, you know, the the regular wrestling is sort of you know yeah this is fake it's scripted you know there is athleticism to it but it's all performance it's art this is the stuff that is like 
it's it's the the real edgy stuff and there's blood for blood's sake and we don't have that athleticism but here's blood you can see how cool we are it's yeah. if we're going to compare it to like another art form it would be like the crust punk of of wrestling <laughs> i know what that is now. you know yeah it's the difference between fighting for a reputable mixed martial arts or boxing organization and fighting for like a a, a street fighting you know <laughs> At, bare uh, knuckle sure, yeah. juggalo yeah. Con- like convention you know like the the <laughs> ICP, they had, they had backyard wrestling. They had a game. It was pretty good. I never played it. New yeah, Jack was this, in it. Uh, what's the shit about wrestling being fake? So I actually wanted to bring that up. It was genius. Um, I thought it because, was really funny. Yeah, because wrestling is scripted. Um, but they have to figure out how to work with their way around that for the story. And it's just that the guy watching wrestling doesn't know it's scripted. Oh, yeah. like, they just, that's how, you, that's how yeah. you justify it. That's how you Easy. justify the tournament going forward. Yeah, so it, funny. It, 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 she's like, yeah, but like, who wins? What's the outcome? Like, she gets it, and he's just oblivious. And I love the beat, the so silent panel. Damn it! Uh, he's he, he's just like obviously lost. That that got a laugh out of me. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about the the end hook, which you know, again, full spoilers. Um, is that Cobra Sun is actually the father of who, what's our main character's name again oh um lona lona yeah he's the father of lona which means that he killed or rather i should say his wife who is the you know mother of lona uh Yua, i think mm-hmm. yeah yep uh he she died in an accident in the ring involving their match and the reason why that's so genius not, I mean, that's a horrible thing. But the reason why the, the reveal of Cobra being Lona's uh, dad is because, you know, pe- there are people who will read this that don't fully get that behind the scenes, the wrestlers are just friends and stuff. And that takes another aspect of the illusion of wrestling and it bakes it into the story where these two are actually in love. Not only are they not opponents in real life, they are in love. They're married together. So no one would care for her. No one would try harder to protect her in the ring than her husband. And he failed because mm-hmm. wrestling's dangerous. And she died because of it. Yeah. Wow. Hmm. I mean, it reminds me of uh, Masawa's death. You know, he just yeah. took, he, what did he take? I'm reading here. It was back, a belly-to-back suplex. Standard move. Took it wrong, snapped his neck. Dead. Middle of the ring. Yeah. The injury with uh, 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 the guy who passed during a match with Rey Mysterio, where Rey Mysterio did uh, the um, drop toe hold onto the middle rope, which he's done 100 million times. Mm-hmm. The rope was loose. This guy's neck bounces and snaps back, and he dies. You know, And Rey Mysterio, a, a, a 25-year veteran of wrestling or more, never hurt anyone. Did he kill this person? So I love the way that this book yeah. is wrestling with that question, which is something that wrestlers have had to deal with. And then you're, you're right, adding the the added fact that they were married, they were a couple. Yeah, like exactly. The, the the weight on the weight on him must be unbearable. Like, like there's a reason he's doing. Like it, it adds the context for there's a reason he's doing these lower, shittier matches. It's because 
like he he's he's defeated himself he mm-hmm. he caused his own end at that point he feels like he caused the death of his wife yeah so yeah i just think this is a brilliant comic so far like and then and then the fact that he's only been watching and by he i mean daniel warren johnson only watching wrestling since 2018 yeah, dude if is, I, is an encyclopedia of, of knowledge already. <laughs> right. Like, the way, this made me feel like I was reading something that was written by someone who's been watching wrestling for as long as I have, if not even longer. Like, Tyler, I mean, maybe you've seen this, I don't know, but this gave me vibes of um, the, uh, the documentary that they made, Beyond the Mat, when The Rock and McFoley had the, the match at Royal Rumble uh, 98, 99. I haven't seen this now. Okay. And, the, and just real quick, in the match, The Rock hits McFoley with a chair like 10 times in the head. He's bloody, just soaked in blood. He's bruised up really bad, really, really bad. His daughter and son were in the crowd watching. And after the match, The Rock and McFoley talked to met McFoley's children to let them know that it's okay and they're friends. Mm-hmm. And the opening scene, I think it is, of the first issue where um, where Yua is speaking to her daughter reminded me of that yeah. because that's a thing that happens in wrestling. Um, it's just, ah, I could talk about this forever. It's such a good comic book. We um, got to get Daniel Warren Johnson on the show. I would also recommend uh, anyone check out Dark Side of the Ring. It's a Vice documentary series uh, that is uh, all about the dark uh, and fucked up stories that happen in and outside of the ring. Uh, Like Bruiser Brody, that whole thing. Yeah. uh, The Owen Hart stuff. um, When WCW went to North Korea and put on a show there. Collision in Korea, yeah. Yep. Uh, Great, great, great show. We're all obviously at least pulling, right? Book of the week here. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah I've yeah, already sure. seen people making these characters in WWE 2K22. Uh, That's phenomenal. Which is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I love so that. So cool. Uh, Catherine said, a church after 10 on a Saturday night seems specific. So that's what you do after Saturday shows. Yes, because the church uh, the church by where I live has um, parties after Damn. That's not true anymore, but it used to be. And I'm telling you right now, a lot of people that I know used to have sex at the church parties. Hey. <laughs> Those oh church parties were insane. So I know a girl who most probably got pregnant at a church party. Yo, is her name Mary? No. <laughs> her and her boyfriend were having sex under the pews. Oh, no. They snuck off. Man. I have it somewhere, yeah. God is watching, and he's liking. Harris said, uh, Better Aguayo Jr., thank you. Yes, that's the name. Thank you for uh, the clarification. Let's get into Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings number one. So this is basically a continuation. Sorry, sorry, what? I say sorry for recommending this. Oh, yeah. Huh. <laughs> this is basically a continuation of what Jean Luen Yang's been doing with Shang-Chi. They canceled the book to relaunch it and add 10 rings to the name so that it could have the almost exact same name as the movie. Go figure. Um, they've, they've been doing a lot of work to streamline Shang-Chi uh, and make him more like the movie version. Synergy. Um, and this is the clearest example of that in comic book form. And look, 
you know, I really never want to get on here and say anything bad about creators or anything like that. Yang, Marcus Toe, uh, Eric Arsenega, all talented. But this was just not enjoyable. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. At, least, at least for me. I legitimately fell asleep reading this. Huh. Like, I've tried to get into Shang-Chi for, for a long time. Anytime there is a new Shang-Chi number one, I'm like, all right, let's just let's try it again. Let's give it a go. I want. I like the character. I want to read something with them in it. And I just can't. Yeah. I just can't do it. He's just not interesting to me. Yeah, like he doesn't feel major. He's not yeah. a character that I'm checking for. Um, he's kind of boring. And I feel like he always has been, at least to me. I've never been like, oh, my God, I love Shang-Chi. Um well, it, what's wild is the the masters the, of kung fu, you know, in the seventies or whatever, was like a top seller, and he's the main yeah. character in that. Right, it's right. like the number That's one true. book. That is true, um, but he just—I don't know. This feels like a very small scale situation where, you know, he's got these ten rings now, and they're super dangerous, and he wants to keep them hidden, but uh, he can't because other people want it, and. You know, he's running away from danger, trying to protect his girlfriend. There's like a, a whole lot of things going on, but none of them feel particularly interesting. Um, it's a lot of fighting. The Marcus Toe art is very good. Yeah. yeah. Marcus is very talented. I was actually kind of disappointed with the Marcus Toe. I've seen yeah. a lot better Marcus Toe. Yeah, because I, I, I felt like this was like okay art. Like a lot of the 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 body figures like very sharp lines and like structured okay but just like nothing stand out um i'm i kind of like this like th- this was this was a, a just a good easy to read breeze through story like I, I don't think it it knocked it didn't knock my socks off but i think this was a serviceable comic like th- I, I didn't feel like there was anything mechanically wrong with it um, there's not yeah it, it just yeah. I don't think it hooked me, hooked me, but to read through something, this was a, yeah, this was a good read. I have gotten to the point in my life as a comics reader where I do not want to read empty calorie comics. Like I, I don't want to read comic books (laughs) that are just like what you described, not offensive, mechanically structured perfectly well, but you breeze through it, and who cares? I'm but, I'm tired of reading comic the, books like that. And by the way, this is four dollars. Like I spent four dollars to read a comic book where I didn't care about a single solitary thing that happened. That's fair. For me, this felt like the MCU of comics. Like 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 where they're trying to make this the Shang Chi of the MCU. But the the thing with the Shang Chi of the MCU that works is. Simu Liu, like his charm is there, which you cannot really, that's, it just doesn't translate over comics. Um, meanwhile, what works for Shang-Chi in comics is that grindhouse gritty kung fu aspect of it. And instead he's just a superhero. Uh, like it's, there's some cross lines of communication in terms of what Shang-Chi should be. Um, I don't think this is it for comics. At least I've read Shang-Chi one shots that are fun. But because they're just kung fu books, you know. Yeah, um, it makes this is sense. trying to be like this overarching big thing, but eh, I wasn't feeling it. 
it makes sense why in the MCU, a place where, you know, it is a shared universe, there's a high likelihood that Shang-Chi will be at least Avenger adjacent. Um, he has to have powers. Like, he's got to be able to do something that's mm. that stands toe-to-toe with everybody else. So I get that. But in comics, a character can be sequestered to their own little area and not really ever interact with anyone else, and it's fine. And if they do interact, you don't really bat an eye because that's what happens in comics. But one of the major takeaways from Avengers 1 was that Black Widow was standing around doing a whole lot of nothing because it's an alien (laughs) invasion and she's a badass fighter, but she's using sticks, okay? So I get it for the movies. You don't have to do that in the comics. I don't say that Shang-Chi's a horrible character. I don't have that opinion, but I do think he's dry. This doesn't help me because this doesn't feel special or unique. You could have told of almost the exact same story with like anyone else, and it'd be fine. You could switch MacGuffins out and whatever. Mm. Sean, wasn't Shang-Chi a Hickman Avenger? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, was, yeah. The main and he the, was fun the, there. The he actual was like, main Avengers team, yeah. Yeah, yep. he was a fun, like, just like a weapon. That's what he was. He was the, yeah. the living weapon, you know, and that's what they used him as. Um, right. M- maybe in the comics he's just a good, you know, solid team player, you know, but. Nothing wrong I with guess that. For, uh, you just knocked down Scooter, bud. Sorry, my cat keeps knocking down my Muppets. <laughs> he, he was very quippy. He felt like there was a, definitely a moment where I stopped and like, oh, they're taking a page out of Spider-Man's book. Like, I, right. I associate mm-hmm. a lot of that, like, the chirp from Spider-Man. And it surprised me to see it here because he definitely had, you know, zingers and stuff. And I'm like, oh, okay, that works. I guess I don't know enough about his characterization to know that that's what he does. But that came out okay. Yeah, it's all it's all fine. You know, like right. it's there's nothing offensive. There's nothing amazing. It's just fine. And, you know, I, I think, every, again, everyone here is talented, but I don't want to spend my money on books that are like this anymore. I don't see a reason to. And I think if you're going to give people who watch Shang-Chi and want more something interesting, you got to give them something interesting. Yeah. And I don't think this was that. Want something interesting? Uh, uh, Tyler's cat's butthole is on. Uh, it's, on it is what it is. Moment. It is what it is. <laughs> That's explicit. Can we please? Um, is that TOS? I don't know. Uh, pass. On Same. cat butt and on <laughs> Shang-Chi. You know what? Pass on Shang-Chi. Oh. <laughs> Whoa, you better also... <laughs> who's, that, who's that YouTube guy who... Uh, <laughs> is there a YouTube guy that had a rumor that he fucked his cat? Never mind. Yeah, yeah. Uh, was that Shane, uh, Shane, Shane Dawson? Dawson? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? Uh, pass. Yeah. Pass on Shane Dawson. Shane Dawson and the Legends of the Ten Cat Butts. <laughs> oh. All right. Ten the rings. Ten, the ten, ten years he's going to do in jail. Oh, um, no, no. He got YouTube vindicated. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. He he put out a notes app. Oh, all right. Well, <laughs> uh, yeah, Catherine, I mean, if it's interesting, I always say buy it anyway. Like, I would never want a review that we did here to dissuade someone from buying something that they're interested in buying. Uh, <laughs> just more like, hey. Uh, you know, just know what you're getting yourself into. Yeah. Um, but it, but it's not like it's not horrible. It's just not. It's it's exciting. fine. The comic. Yeah. It's like yes. Yeah, eh, the comic. It's fine. Yeah. Exactly. Um, uh, but when vision. I was when I was like in my first few years trying to find my way into comics, I loved shit like this. 
Just reading so I, everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I do want to say that too. Like, this is me years down the road. I've read so many books like this. I can't even tell you, but I think it's fun if if you're wanting like more Shang Chi or whatever. I, there's nothing wrong with that at all. And um, and, and, go ahead. Uh, also, to to add on to that, like this, like we said earlier, this is a continuation of Gene Luen Yang's Shang Chi stuff that he's been doing for a few years now. It's been a little while, yeah. So yeah. there could very well be some stuff we're, you know, not privy to here that has come before that does make this really, really interesting. Maybe, um, and then uh, also, yeah, you should buy do a power bomb if you're remotely interested in wrestling, like on any level or even just good storytelling. I think the, the best, the best thing you can say about something that's about something specific like wrestling is that um, it feels like a good story. You know, like if you, you don't need to be me, a, a 30, almost 30 year wrestling fan, you need to like comics and then the story in, and like good stories and accept that it, it includes wrestling, you know? Um, so, and, and yeah. if you read the, uh, the letters column from the first issue, part of his objective is to just show people something he loves and to get them into it. It's the same thing he did with metal music for, uh, for Murder Falcon. Right. Yeah. Uh, and it's contagious, I will say. Well, uh, let's talk about Blink number one. Let's do you talk about it. Well, let's me talk about it. Yeah. Um, so this me holding this in my hand right now is why being a physical reader of comics is the best way to go. Get over it. Because the other <laughs> the other people here. That's ableist. Were, the other people here were unable to acquire a copy of Blink Number One. Because a country. All right. Well, you're you're you're, um, you're 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 excluded from this. I went to Midtown Comics. They screwed me. <laughs> you're also excluded from this. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, but I still wanted to talk about it just because you know I really like uh, Chris Sabella, um, Hayden Sherman, super talented, uh, colored by Nick Filardi. Is Sherman uh, too? Yes. Yeah, this d- is double also Sherman week. Oh, Hayden Sherman, yeah. Um, and Frank Gvekovic. On letters, sure. um, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna like bog you guys down with this. I'll just briefly speak about it. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Christopher Sabella's bag is to take something weird and strange and maybe even off-putting and give it character and flavor and make you care about it. Oftentimes, it involves a conspiracy theory or something off the beaten path. Um, Blink is another in the line of books that are just like that. We get a main character who is pretty sure they had a weird experience in the past where they were like a part of some kind of experiment or they were captured or something like that. They're not all the way sure what happened. They became a person who a reporter who reports about weird things that happen and they get a a lead that puts them on the trail of figuring out or finding out what it was that happened to them when they were a kid. Oh, and by the way, there's some weird monster that maybe is real and maybe isn't that comes to them when they're sleeping and have sleep paralysis. 
that sucks. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so it's insane. Um, but it's very good. Christopher Sabella has me asking all the right questions right away. Um, and it ends in a place where I definitely want to see what happens next. So, Dude, yeah, go ahead. Does it ask the question why Oni Press is putting out physical copies before the digital copies? <laughs> Very important question. Uh, no, but it also doesn't answer the question of will Oni Press exist in one year? <laughs> so, no. listen. Uh, Christopher Sabella, a futurist, but he doesn't have all the answers, okay? Not yet. This was phenomenal. Uh, on a lot of weeks, this would have been my pick of the week. I would say definitely go pick this up. Um, I don't think there's any reason to not buy Christopher Sabella number one. Not at all. I agree. Yeah. So um, let's get into Comics Tat. Last week, <laughs> uh, I chose to tag Marco yeah. with a book called Black Magic by Greg Rucka and Nicholas Scott. Um, I love this book. It's been in a weird limbo space yeah, for a while. Um, I was about to ask that, like, did this ever finish? Uh, I don't know. It's kind of yeah. weird, but um, I don't think they know. It's been in a weird limbo space, but it's very good, Marco. Or to me, it was very good. Was it good to you, Marco? What'd you think? And how much did you read? Also, uh, I read through issue halfway through issue three at the moment. Um, I got the first trade, and I liked it. Um, I thought the the police angle and then it being intertwined with magic was a good premise. Uh, the way that they set up the initial story for like the I, I guess the problem that Rowan has uh, where she gets found out to be a witch by somebody and who we don't know yet. And um, I, I also found it interesting that it was in gray. It was like a grayscale. It's not outright black and white. Um, cause there right. are some kind of watercolor brushes of just gray. And I was, uh, I was interested that you liked it so much because I know you, you don't always do well with like just black and white. Sure. And, um, and I was going to ask if there, if color pops up later in the series, because I noticed in issue two, there's a moment where like a body comes out of the, comes out of the water and they focus in on like the left hand specifically. And it's like one a throwaway panel but it just shines blue for like a hot sec and i'm like that's interesting that's our first glimpse and the covers are like the in-between pages for the trade have color but nothing else does so that hooked me beyond the story i'm just like i kind of now want to see what nicholas scott has in the bag for like throwing out color pages um but I, I liked it i'm gonna i'm gonna finish this first volume and see where i, I shake out for the second so I'm, I'm very glad to hear that you liked it that's awesome um, that was the goal. Uh, I, I, it's been a lot of years at this point since I read this book, but I am, I'm pretty sure color is a factor. Um, color is used in specific moments to highlight specific things, and I believe that it, it's related to when magic is used. But yeah. I could be wrong on that. Um, it gets as good as it starts. I feel like it gets a lot better, um, at least as far as I was able to read through it. Okay. How, so, how far? How far along do you, did you like get to? I want to say it was a little more than the first trade's worth before okay. it. Whenever it was that it went on hiatus, and then I never was able to jump back in because it just the hiatus was insanely long. It was years. 
yeah, uh, I, I mean, I'll say you're turning me to a Rucka boy. So, like slowly Dude. but surely. And if that's if that's what my picks get to do on this show, then I'm happy because I think Greg Rucka is one of the most underrated comics writers, at least of the last twenty years. All right. So I decided. Um, and I was trying to figure out who I wanted to pass this to, but uh, I, I've mentioned on the podcast before, I'm a big fan of Tilly, Tilly Walden. And... Oh. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, man, I misheard. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the book that I wanted to recommend was one of her uh, older series, The End of Summer. It's, uh, it's maybe like an 80-page graphic novel. I was going to pass it to Tyler first, actually, because I know you guys both read Clementine, right? You didn't and Sean. Finish. I didn't finish. I have not. Oh, you have I, I bought oh. it, but I haven't read it. Gotcha. Okay. But I wasn't sure how much more familiar you were, Tyler, with Tilly's work. So not I wanted to give you something else like to, to explore. And I think this one in particular, it, it leans into more of her Which one is it? It's called The End of Summer. End of Summer. And it, it leans into some of her architecture work because uh, I think she started in like drafts and like as a drafts person, I guess. And um, the story is interesting, a bit, a bit ambitious for like one of the earlier pieces of work, but I think it, I think it, it, it sticks the landing. Also, uh, thank you, Catherine, for the uh, for the subs. Really appreciate it. And Matt. Um... I guess I could see that perspective. Matt said all these books Sabella has been doing seem so similar. I guess in the sense that they all have a, you know, sort of crazy Black Mirror-ish premise that, you know, is in the realm of conspiracy or something like that, I suppose. Um, but I just always get something out of them. I, th- I just think they're so good. And I like the way his mind works. Um, mm. I also we've had him on the show a few times, so like I like talking to him and reading his books feels like an extension of that. Like I can see how the same guy who comes on this podcast and talks about smoking weed and watching conspiracy theory videos makes books like these, and that's pretty cool to me. Uh, it's free on Comics Legend Limited. I just uh, found it, yeah, because I was yeah. like, oh, paperback, uh, three hundred dollars for the first printing. Uh, what? Yeah, Whoa. and then it was like, oh, it's free on Comics Legend Unlimited. So. Yeah, read for free, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although well, now a part of me is like, I kind of want that first edition now. It seems like people want that. What about this week's pals pulls? Let's get to that. Let's let's uh, let's pull our pals. Oh. oh. <laughs> we're not Kale those kind up. of buds. Uh, Kale, oh. you uh, you are uh, you're pulling uh, the new Detective Comics. This is issue. Ten sixty two. 1062 wow. man that new art and fucking design and yeah 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 so this is this uh this upcoming rom v and rafael albuquerque uh detective comics it's um it's opera inspired yes and that got me quick um i like what rom v puts out there um you know we've been hit or miss on swamp thing but i with everything else like i just really like it and the 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 art and the um the color uh dichotomy juxtaposition really works for me 
this cover is doing stuff for me. So I'm I'm here for it. Um, I believe Cy Spurrier has a something backup, in, yeah. in backup. as a backup. Yeah. yeah. Um, Danny, yo. Yeah. I'm, that, that alone. <laughs> with who? Damn. Danny. D A N I. Honor who that is. Oh, she, you're, you're, you're gonna, get ready. You're gonna like her. Yeah, you're gonna like her shit. Damn. I'll be the judge of that. <laughs> I, I did it. I didn't. I missed that this was coming out. This is gonna be insane. We we will absolutely be reading this. And, and we talk about like uh, Zarsky's Batman, which we all enjoyed, but like this feels like a real creative shift in terms of like a whole new. Uh, this is the first time the Detective Comics logo has been this drastically changed. I would think in a, in recent memory. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it is wildly different feeling, and I'm super excited for it. Does it almost look like the Stranger Things logo? Like the it's because of the that. glow. It's because of the red glow. No, could but the, the font f- too. could be the font. Yeah, I, I see it. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I see well, it. I'm very excited. Uh, Albuquerque on a Batman book. I I could see that being fucking Please. phenomenal. Is, is this just Batman by way of Amadeus? Is that what this is? Essentially, that's what it invokes to me. Oh. Yeah, yeah. That's what the cover is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm getting Amadeus vibes from it, yeah. What are you guys talking about? What is that? The film? It's a movie. It's uh, a film about Mozart. Okay. That's sad. Yeah. It's a, okay. It's a good movie. Um, and then you and I are pulling uh, Ant-Man by Al Ewing and Tom Riley and Jordy Blair on colors. Um, yeah. I believe it's a four-issue mini detailing each issue is a different Ant-Man. I think that's is the that pitch, right? if I remember correctly, yeah. So we got uh, okay. this one's um, Hank. Next week is, or next month is Scott. Then we're getting an Eric Grady one, which I'm excited for. Mm. And then we're getting a new one, which is a new Ant Man. Another one? A yeah. future oh, one. Oh, no. Yes. The, other, the other guy yeah. I'm thinking of is uh, Giant Man. Yeah, yeah. Showed uh, up but, in uh, Nick Spencer's run, I think. Yeah. But Tom Riley, just off, yeah. hot off the thing, I'm ready. Yeah. That was a good book. Did you finish yep. that, Tyler? It was. It was good. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Yeah, yeah I'm excited to see Ant-Man, uh, uh, Al Ewing, on a character like Ant-Man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think this, yeah, I think this will be fun. This is going to slap. We should, are we going to do this one, too? Probably. Yeah. Cool. I would we'll do a, love a small segment on it. <laughs> huh? Um, and I also uh, I'm pulling Superman Space Age number one by Mark Russell and Mike and Laura Allred. That oh, is like dude. a team. What a team! That is a team that just speaks to me. You know, uh, uh, oof. Um, I, I I'm like a uh, fo- follow Mike uh, uh, Mark Russell to whatever book he's doing. Yep. Um, now that he's doing that Superman is, uh, with that's how I possibly, that's how I feel about the Allreds. Yeah, yeah. Which I was gonna say. Uh, Mike Allred is one of my favorite artists of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, didn't do, I didn't do his Bowie book. I'm not a big Bowie guy, but um, I'm well, excited to see Get some this taste goes. and try again. Um, <laughs> I can try. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, this is about like the space age. Like It's yeah. also like a, an era that's fun to me. Um, yeah. Yeah, this is a, this is a, a good soup of, uh, of stuff that I like. Allred was on the Ecstatics book, right? Yep. The new yep. When it came out, yep. okay. Then yep. hot take: I don't like his art. I could not swallow it. I'm I okay. Think well, hey, hot take: fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna. Well, I mean, I'm gonna Marco, get would, this book would, for yeah. Russell. 
Marker, I'd recommend like uh, maybe Madman or even um, Silver Surfer, Dan Slot Silver Surfer. It's a fun little Mike Allred. Yeah, yeah. I, I would also recommend. Um, uh, oh shit. Uh, future what it was it what was it future foundation or was it just ff oh ff, FF. it was just ff yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, he did the stuff he in ff fraction yeah mm. uh but the team in ff was this is when fantastic four was not in the comics because they didn't have the rights to him it was like um, stuff, right? no, no it was scott lang she hulk medusa and yep. miss thing who is just a pop star that johnny storm slept with and it's a thing she was soon. just there yeah yeah it's a f- uh, it's one of my favorite it's wild. It's by Fraction too. My, uh, yeah, okay. highly recommend. Um, Public Domain issue two. This was uh, Marco and uh, Sean are pulling this one, right? Was that? Yeah. Yeah. Right yeah. That yeah. Uh, I loved issue one. It was my pick of that week, you and know. I liked the twist at the end. How I, I made this comparison in um, in that review, but it evoked for me like Hicksville vibes, and I like that book. But I think this goes a step further to sort of expand on what happens if the creator wins. And I'm not going to go into spoilers on it because uh, I think you should pick it up. But it's a very interesting premise. And I think the angle that they're coming at it from is cool. Yeah. And then just- issue one was phenomenal. I really loved it. Um, you know, this feels like the year of Chip Zdarsky. And um, I, I, ho- I don't remember if I did or not, but I really <laughs> hope I chose him in our end of year uh, yeah. game that we play because Somebody did. I don't see I don't know man like he probably is winning right now at least um, so yeah it's just just phenomenal stuff um, and I can't wait for more and then Marco you picked uh, Swamp Thing 15 as well yeah the ultimate a, issue of season 2 I'm a mark so it's Swamp Thing on the title it's you know money at my wallet and uh, I've this this second season i think we all have been a bit lackluster on to negative um in with respect to the way that the story has been unfolding and i I, i'm hoping for the best but the trajectory at the moment hasn't been hasn't given me that confidence and i'm kind of it's kind of a shame because i really like season one up until issue 10 i think uh, the team here both mike and mike perkins mike spicer doing a real good job on art and i thought ron b was doing something really really cool with the character and now it just feels like it's been meandering and there's a lot of just stuff up in the air so this is the penultimate issue uh, i'm hoping it drags a lot of that down you know gives us the ties a few of those threads together um uh, so it, we can at least end on a on a good note and uh sean you picked the variants number two I thought this was really cool. Uh, Gail Simone, yeah. Phil Noto, I really enjoyed this book. Um, you know, it's had a good start to me so far. It's, you know, street level with, you know, some cosmic elements, I guess, that are incoming. Um, but uh, it just feels like meat and potatoes, you know, fun, Jessica Jones, street level type character stuff. And I'm here for it. It's, it's I think it's really good. This cover of daredevil and jessica jones kissing uh weirds me out honestly oh why Uh, because they're just such good friends you know it's just like one of those weird things you don't make out a kid and fuck your friends tyler marco we know what leads what 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 follows up with that you know what's up (laughs) wow 
Uh, yeah, that's all I have to say about that book. <laughs> That's where we're ending the show, too. That's how we end you it. Know, uh, yeah. What a tame week this week from us. You're right. That Weird. is true. I, I think why. it's the heat. Yeah. Or maybe we're saving our energy for 300. episode 300, which is this Saturday. If you are watching this live or the date releases on YouTube and all <laughs> podcast hosting platforms, um, we would love it if you guys come celebrate, hang out with us, share, you know, words of hate or encouragement or, you know, whatever you feel like saying, words of wisdom, anything that you want to do. Uh, if you want to send us an audio or video message, you can get that to us at the comicspals at gmail.com. If you want to write something, you can also email us, but you can get us any other way. You can DM me on Twitter. You can DM me on Discord if you're there. You can leave us a message on YouTube. You can DM any one of us, frankly. Um, however you want to do it is fine. Uh, and we will compile all of them and put that together for the show. We'll also be playing Journey into Quistery. should be a lot of fun. So come hang out. It's going to be a good time. Mm. My wife, Jessica, Jess Burton, uh, former Titan. Well, I guess current Titan editor still technically uh, will also be on the show. Yeah. Hey. To celebrate with us. She's been she's been here since day one. Yeah. Like That's episode be a lot two, of right? I think yeah. I think episode two. Yeah, she's the first yeah. guest <laughs> by a country mile on episode two. Yeah, so uh, that'll be a great time. We hope to see <laughs> all of you there. Thanks for reminding me. I have to make a new uh, overlay. We'll do that. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> don't. You don't. Yeah, we. Oh, talking we could about do decide, sit side by side. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're good. Uh, <laughs> Patreon.com/slash the comics pals. If you want to support your boys uh, for as little as three dollars a month, you can help us out, and you get to read our newsletter. Uh, this week, Marco's up. Um, oh, it's coming up. It's put. It'll be pulled. It'll be up tonight. All right, better late than never. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we've got other stuff up there too. Our Patreon exclusive show, Palling Around, which is a lot of fun. Um, lots of cool stuff you can do interacting with us on Patreon. We appreciate everyone who does. Uh, and that's it. That's the show. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. We will see you next week, hopefully actually this Saturday. Yes. Uh on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash the, the comics pals. Uh, feel then, free to day drink with us on Saturday. Yeah, oh, that's right. Yeah. You're gonna be that's day right. drinking. Yes. Bring your, not bring ca- your not wine. Kale, but yeah. Bring your I'll, seltzer. I'll be night drinking. Yeah. So regular drinking. Yeah. Well, that'll be night drinking for Kale too. <laughs> I'll just be day drinking. Okay. Until then, we're the comics pals signing off. Take care, guys. See you next week.